0: this is inspired astrology with lauren k hickman offering energy interpretation for every new moon full moon and significant celestial event. just checking in it is a lunar eclipse this evening partial but almost total according to NASA so let's think about it right my opinion this eclipse energy is a stepping stone towards the last Saturn-Uranus square which is coming to us live in December. That's gonna be on the 24th, Christmas Eve, for those who celebrate. So from here in no coast, the Midwest, Milwaukee does have a fresh coast. (laughs) But uh, here in Milwaukee, the lunation, this lunation's Taurus moon, right? Opposite the Scorpio sun. Remember, uh, for those new to understanding the, the rhythms and cycles of nature, that every full moon is the opposition of the season that we're in. So that's what we talk about with the Taurus and Scorpio axis point. That there is a to and a fro to every sign. There is a yin and a yang to every sign. So this lunation has a Taurus moon and a Libra ascendant. And that's from the location that I'm at. So check your local reports uh, if, if you're needing some clarification there. But uh, the rising tonight at 3.03 a.m., Friday, November 19th, uh, is a Libra ascendant. And this points, the Taurus moon Libra, point to Venus in Capricorn. So Venus is the ruler of both Taurus and Libra. And it being in Capricorn, conjoined with the IC, Mimqueli, of the chart. This is one of the four angles of an astrological natal chart in the Western astrology tradition. Vedic looks very different from uh, the circular map of Western Placidus astrology. Um, Placidus is one of the chart styles, and I use it, um, Stephen Forrest uses it, uh, There's there's a big... Uh, kind of fan base around whole sign houses. Um, that's not something that I feel comfortable with, with using. Uh, Placidus makes sense to me. The degrees make sense to me. So that is the system that I use. But a lot of, um, a lot of astrologers are using whole sign houses, which may shift a couple of aspects in your own makeup, right? Um, okay, so back to Venus. Venus in Capricorn is conjoined with the root chakra of this lunar eclipse, right? The IC is the groundwork, the base work. It's that space between the third and the fourth house representing community and our our home. <laughs> and that can be your emotional home, your emotional depth, uh, in evolutionary astrology and, um, some other traditions there's a a connection between the IC and our past lives the stories of our soul's journey so venus and capricorn conjoined here at the base is sextile to mars in scorpio floating through its traditional home of scorpio and the esoteric ruler of this season right so scorpio has a traditional ruler mars and the um modern ruler is pluto but they didn't find pluto until 1930 what do you know occult traditions come out the shadow work comes to the surface psychology comes to the surface love you pluto you're a good friend a hard teacher sometimes (laughs) okay so the sextile between venus and mars is significant due to mars positioning right it's in opposition Taurus, Uranus, and a loose square to this year's old Saturn and Aquarius, right? So these squares between Saturn and Uranus have been happening throughout this year. It's one of the biggest backdrops on astrology, and you've probably heard me rap and ramble about the energy of these two contenders. Um, If you want to go back to listen to Ryan Evans' interview uh, from the springtime there is a lot of really beautiful information about all the different layers and expressions of this particular energy. So my take, my hot take on this chart is that this is like a precursor to December 24th, Saturn-Uranus square, right? I, that, that was my total vibe when I was looking at this chart Um, And I can kind of improv about the Taurus and Scorpio access point. Of course, I, I want you to have as much information as you can consume at this time to assist you on your journey. Okay, so Saturn in Aquarius, Uranus in Taurus, Venus in Capricorn is speaking to our attachments, right? Venus's placement in the IC in Capricorn connects with that energy, how we cherish the way things were, our old nostalgia, our traditions, the way we grew up, how we were educated. We value predictability and control, even though there is a whisper inside of us that knows it's a scam, right? There is no control. There is no control. My clients will hear me say all the time, Maybe not all the time, but for specific scenarios, I talk so much about how we are falling through space. This is Chogim Trungpa's analogy. BT Dubs, I want to give some credit to uh, old Rinpoche, the old precious one. We're all falling through space, right? We might make eyeball connections with one another as we are dropping. We might even catch hands or kisses on the fall, but we have no parachute. We have nothing to grab onto. Perhaps we have the illusion of one another, but we're falling and we're falling. And it's terrifying all that space, all that unknown, but there's no ground to smash up against. There is no net that will catch you. There is just a falling through space. And maybe you go to sleep for a moment, you change and shed your skin and you come back and you're still falling through space. So how do we move from ah <laughs> to wee? that's a challenge right there. So control. Control is a big part of resource and that's where the Taurus, Scorpio aspects come in. And they're in their respective opposite houses. In the chart that I looked at from uh, from here in Milwaukee, the Scorpio's in second. Taurus is in the eighth, opposite of their kind of natural homes or what they're associated with as far as houses. So second house, Taurus's house, second sign of the Zodiac when we start with Aries. <laughs> and it represents the body. And security, and pleasure, and material things, and what we build, and music, and sensuality, and food, and security. That word security comes up again and again. And Venus represents money, on a very basic level. And money is energy. Money is complicated. Uh, I am finding out as I do more and more work around my own. Uh, blockages with money, how I feel about it, how it moves through and away from me and back to me kind of reflects the way that I I work energetically, right? So Venus, money, resources, stuff that we value. we have Scorpio in the eighth house. For a long time, I called this the house of sex, drugs, and rock and roll because that was the easiest way to put it. For a while, I subconsciously called it the junk drawer arena because there is so much. It's like opening Pandora's box when you get to the eighth house. Are we talking about intimacy? Are we talking about grief or death or love or resources, other people's resources? Are you a banker, right? There's a lot of uh, mundane astrologies that's like, oh, if your son is in the eighth house, you'll probably work in a financial institution helping people deal with their own money. Uh... I don't think so. (laughs) I think if you have placements in the eighth house, um, you came here to do some shit. You came here to do some healing work on yourself, maybe assisting others on their path. Um, yeah, it's deep stuff. Any, any Scorpio placements, it means you showed up to do the hard stuff. You came here to do some soulful evolution transformation work, or you can just, you know, Bebop around and uh, avoid that. We all have that choice, right? So to all my Scorpios out there, or people with Scorpio placements, you have a choice. You know, no one's uh, no one's gonna push you, right? Maybe the universe will do it subconsciously. You know, kind of push you towards your path, whether you're resisting it or not. But uh, you, you can you can do you can take your time. You don't have to push anything. You can't make a flower unfold before it's ready to. Shay Malloy is texting me. You should follow Martian Loon, uh, the moon's bitch, on Instagram. Uh, this up-and-comer, she's, she's flooring me. Uh, Shay, if you're listening right now, you're, you're pretty freaking awesome. And I, I so look forward to exploring the universe with you and that amazing mind of yours. Okay, so we talked about this the second in the eighth house and how the sun and moon are in opposite zones of their normal place of comfort, so to speak. Taurus, Scorpio, my stuff, your stuff, shared stuff, love stuff, connection stuff, intimacy stuff, sex stuff. Um... So I talked about Venus and its attachments, how it gets really connected in with these like old ways of doing things, like the way that we live our lives or how our parents did it, our traditions, or living in a brick house instead of one of Buckminster Fuller's Dimaxian homes that were evolved and different. And different is very uncomfortable, right? Like it really affects our lizard brain. We don't want to go outside of our comfort zone because we could get freaking killed, right? Because that's what our like lizard brain tells us. It's speaking from old wiring from being human and being vulnerable as all get out, right? We're like naked and hairless (laughs) until we like use our minds and our hands and our communities to build something more beautiful. So we'll talk more about communities moving forward here. But Venus and Capricorn, super manipulative, right? We've all learned to manipulate to get what we want. Man is the manipulator. And what we want Collectively, I'm not speaking necessarily to the individual, or if we are conscious of what we want, but we do want control, we want order, right? Structure, predictability. We don't want stuff to come out of nowhere and like frighten us. Like we're okay with delight on occasion, right? Good humor and good delight is the stuff of uh, of enjoyment. But uh, most of the time, like when we can't anticipate something, it makes us super uncomfortable. We sort of freeze up. So if we're wanting control and order and structure, there's also this piece to the puzzle with Capricorn. No offense, Capricorns, but there's a hierarchy involved. Who's in charge here? Who's successful? So it becomes a pyramid instead of a circle in mundane Capricorn. So the pyramid where there is there are less halves, right? The 1%, as we say in modern times, And there are so many have-nots. A pyramid instead of a circle where there are less haves and so many have-nots. So instead of having a unifying circular table inviting all of us to the feast, there is a... Oh man, I'm trying to think of George Orwell's Animal Farm. It's like the apples are only for the four-legged creatures, right? For the pigs, the swine, the, the ones in charge who are counting all the apples. So there's a lie in this pyramid scheme. When things are out of our reach, we scramble, we hustle, we want, we feel resentful, we totally forget there is enough for everyone when we pool our resources. Resources, right? Isn't that what Taurus and Venus traditionally represent? And Scorpio, other people's stuff, right? So security, our stuffness, and on a deeper level, what we value, how source, how spirit sustains us. If Scorpio is about other people's stuff, then maybe Scorpio is about coveting as much as it is about the mine, mine, mine mentality. So perhaps Scorpio is the master of FOMO, the fear of missing out. I want all the experiences. Let me immerse myself in life. Let me burn my candle at both ends. Let me challenge myself to do it all because you want to feel it all you want to feel all the range of human emotions have all the experiences in your stores so that you can get to the depths of that emotional ocean that is Scorpio's energy so with back to Mars sextile Venus so they're having a like a whisper conversation they're having an intimate chat right during this full moon So maybe, maybe Mars and Uranus, which are opposite, maybe this Mars-Uranus ambition will start to break down the mental blockages and our attachments to the way it was and what feels comfortable, Taurus. We know that something's gotta give, but what is it exactly? So while the lunar nodes are still in Gemini and Sagittarius, right? So it's kind of baffling, even as an astrologer, I was like, wait a second, The, the nodes, the nodes are still in Gem and Sag, and uh, you know, but they are activating Taurus and Scorpio. So this access point is knocking on the door of Taurus and Scorpio. And this is gonna lead us up to a whole period. I think there's seven eclipses. Between in the Taurus and Scorpio reading leading up to the election season in the fall of 2023. So we have two years of Taurus Scorpio eclipses. The last time Taurus and Scorpio were the nodes for the eclipses was in 2012, 2011, 2012. So think about maybe what was going on back then. Were you doing what kind of work? What was, what was happening back then? Did you have an upgrade in your value system? Did you have a new love affair, a new relationship, a new commitment? Uh, there's lots of things to consider, but I digress. So, if we're having all of these eclipses knocking on the axis of Taurus and Scorpio leading right up to the election season, up till October of 2023, what work is there to be done in upgrading our collective resource pool? Is this about mutual aid? Systemic restructuring? Is it about community resources being redirected towards climate justice and to those in need? We will see outcries against the harmful behavior of lazy, thoughtless systems that would rather spend money making spaces uninhabitable instead of finding meaningful solutions for the houseless. The tension of Uranus and Taurus asking us to move forward. Uranus is about insight and change and chaos and the future and everyone. So the tension of Uranus and Taurus asking us to move forward and think globally in term of resources And Saturn, right, systems. Saturn and Aquarius. Aquarius being about everyone and everything included with no exceptions. All beings everywhere, no exceptions. So if Saturn and Uranus have been speaking to us all year, we see it in the news, in our streets. This week we had Neptune representing inspiration, the ocean of everything, the consciousness, was trying Mercury, our mind and our speech. Intuitively, I feel like Mercury is also about our activity. So if Neptune is trying Mercury, it may provide insight into our part in the plan. As minute as your task may be, it is the collective current shifting that makes change possible. Or we can keep daydreaming for a superhero to come and save us, for someone else to do the work, our work. But that's Venus and Capricorn shit right there. That's wanting to be taken care of, yet simultaneously needing to control how it's all done. Dig deep, my friends. This is the tail end of Scorpio season. It won't sting you, just let it point you in the right direction. So that is your full moon almost full <laughs> eclipse happening in just a few hours um hopefully you get up and go check it out because it's slow it's going to be a slow burn moon for like a couple hours that this eclipse is happening um which is the umbra that movement of uh like when the, the moon gets dark and then gets light again <laughs> so uh Hopefully the clouds will move away from where I'm sitting or I'll just stay up and watch NASA's uh, NASA's live coverage of it, <laughs> which is always a gorgeous sight. Even if you can't see it, you can see it. You can feel it. You can connect with it. Even if you're sleeping, it's okay. It's okay. You're, the energy is going to change your molecules anyway. So eclipses, you know, on a, on a general level... Um, these blips in time it's like a it's like shutting shutting the light switch off and then flipping it back on like so quickly that you're like what what just happened so it's that like cognitive disruption but on this level it's about the sun our egos the moon our feelings earth what the fuck are we doing here (laughs) how can we make this a better place right and we have to do that by doing our own work you know, we all wake up together. We have to do it individually. It has to be you doing your part. No one's going to wave a magic wand over your head. Believe me, I thought that was that was the case for a good chunk of my early path. Um, but until you are willing to, to do the labor, the emotional, spiritual labor, um, which is painful. Obviously, you don't get to say labor without thinking like, ooh, uncomfortable, right? But it's worth it. It's worth it. When you get to the other side and then you see more work to do. <laughs> so you just keep going. You just try to find that joyful exertion to keep to keep processing, keep moving forward. Taurus, simplicity. Scorpio, complication. It's a balance point there. You know, how can we see life as simple and perfect as it is and yet we can still search for deeper meaning and find purpose? And what we do why we're here yeah so good to good to talk to you all this evening Um, quick update my world I have been been abroad Um, not really I was in Miami um, which feels like abroad it feels like a very different freaking place like like 50 degrees different Uh, I, was, I was helping out someone very near and dear to me um, during a very vulnerable, fragile moment. And I, um, yeah, I, did, I did some good processing away from home. I got to think about things that I want to create with my work. I did a lot of meditations around money this week. Uh, money as energy, money as the way we express ourselves. Um, my own hang-ups around money. I mean, you you would not believe the kind of stuff I was writing about. Like, only assholes have money. Like, I'm embarrassed to have a car. I'm embarrassed to have any anything in a capitalist society where there's so many people living in their cars right now with five children working triple shifts at Walmart or some other large corporation that does not pay them enough, right? So systemically, like, yeah, it, it's fucked up. Like, I don't want to have money because... I want other people to have money, but I also know that money is representative of energy and energy is beautiful and it's spiritual and it's meaningful. So how do you hold that in both hands? (laughs) Even that itself is very Taurus Scorpio, (laughs) that conversation right there. So I will continue to do my my work around my money's fears and attachments. Uh, You can text me about that if you Vibe with this conversation. I just think everybody has very different expectations, expressions, and feelings around money. You know, some people are like super attached to it or need to have a big fat bank account for themselves to feel comfortable and secure. Um, Other people, like me, you know, like if I have a hundred bucks in my account, I just trust that it's going to work out, that I'll have enough to get by and get to the next thing. And believe me, being a freelance astrologer and energy interpreter has taught me a lot about. Just making space for the unknown, like cars being stolen. <laughs> so I'll give you an update on that. Um, so my car was fixed. Uh, it no longer feels like my vehicle. I um, have a club uh, on my steering wheel, which uh, I don't know if you if you all grow up in the '90s like I did or remember these commercials. Like the club feels like a different time era for me. It feels like 1993, right? Like watching in living color on. Uh, was it Fox? Fox was cool back then? What? All right, moving on. Um, I got a call from the police department, um, that it was, it was a young female, a, um, minor female that, that stole my car and she had prior charges against her. And I continue to not have like anger towards this child, um, whether I didn't care what gender they were. I, I had a feeling it was females from the stuff that I found in the car. But um, I'm worried. I'm I'm worried. I gotta sit with that. I gotta figure out what to do. Um, you know, pressing charges feels like the right thing to do because I want to work within the system of law, which is supposed to be reflective of spiritual law. I mean, change comes from within. Um, I, I just, some part of me feels really awful about making life harder from this, for this young person. Um, but they fucking stole my car and smashed it to pieces and egged it. So I, I feel like, uh, somebody needs to hold them responsible. So if I have to go through that, so be it. Um, working with my class action lawsuit And because I I bought the car in Iowa, there's all these like flim flam rules that I have to jump through hoops on. So, um, I am probably stuck with this car. If someone is an artist in Milwaukee that knows how to paint cars, I would love to make it into an art car and try to make it feel like my own again. Um, there's something about the violation of property that really, really shifts my feelings towards stuff. Um, I have a lot of exciting events coming up, so I just wanted to like talk to you about that for a minute. Um, I was invited by Slow Wave Vintage here in Milwaukee to join Sheila, owner of Slow Wave. join Sheila and Serpentine Salvage, which has a cool Ouroboros symbol. I've yet to be in their space, but I've peeked through the windows. Elodie Atelier. Um, Elodie was my French name in high school, so I, like, immediately bonded with that, that title. Atelier is, like, a like a space for creativity. I like that word, too. And then there's this cool person, Paloma Wilder. I'm assuming that's their name. Um, but they bond chains to your wrist so that you have this, like, forever wrist chain. So, uh, that to me sounds like really sexy to have like this bondage aspect. Um, very artsy. I'm into it. I like people who bring fire to events. (laughs) Uh, so that's happening on small business Saturday. That is November 27th at the Hyde house, Greeley street, Milwaukee Bayview area. I will see you there from 12 to 6 PM. You can get in touch with me about doing a mini inspired astrology session. Uh, I am also offering small, small, what does that mean? A mini reading to anyone who donates to an Indigenous organization of your choice um, to support uh, Native nations here on stolen land, on Turtle Island. Um, I am currently on occupied land, unceded land on Lake Michigan that once was the land of the Potawatomi, the... Nominee, the Kickapoo. Yeah, so I think it's really important to remember settler colonialism. Uh, This is a huge part of the Saturn, Uranus, and Pluto return information, uh, as far as my interpretation goes, that um, there has to be reparations against all of those. The children's, children's, children's of those who suffered the hands of white tyranny, colonialism. Uh, It pains me just to think of it and how I have benefited from my skin color. I have benefited from the ancestors that were or were not related to me, um, from the systems that they've built to benefit (laughs) white-skinned people, light-skinned people. Um, and that's, that's the pyramid of uh, racial disorder. It's fucking sick. And I think it's really important to pay attention to these causes and have uncomfortable conversations. Uh, talk about land with your family on Thanksgiving. You know, get, get uncomfortable. <laughs> think about these holidays a little differently. Do the historical research and talk about it with your fam. I love Thanksgiving because it is Christmas without gifts. It is time to be with the fam to enjoy sustenance and abundance, but it also is a time to remember that November is Indigenous Heritage Month and we need to think about especially for like for all of us non-indigenous people, like there has to be consideration of this in my opinion. And if I'm getting like way political on you, I apologize. Politics are spiritual. <laughs> Um, so for anyone who uh, sends me a receipt, a, do- a Venmo, a donation slip to a Native organization, I will be happy to provide you with a mini reading on Wednesday next week or Friday that uh, parentheses Thanksgiving. Um, that, would, that would be my gift and incentive to get out there and donate your bucks to the people who uh, our ancestors stole land from. How's that? All right, off of my little my little soapbox right there. <laughs> um, I am so grateful for the Transformer sessions coming up in Des Moines. Uh, that's gonna be the December 9th through the 12th. Fully booked out, 17 sessions. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. I look forward to seeing and touching all of you. Please bring a mask for the Reiki portion of the session. Uh, the loft is large enough to safely social distance, I am obviously a vaccinator person. Um, You should let me know if you feel otherwise about that, but please show up, feel safe, feel free. Uh, We'll take care of each other and I honor and support holding sacred space for you during transitional periods in your life or if you're just looking for some clarity, right? Week before, I'll be at Kin, December 3rd and 4th, and Drag King Des Moines is happening. And I have to plug that because Drag King is such an important, amazing event that happens in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, The largest drag king show in the country is in little old Des Moines, Iowa, the crossroads of I-35 and I-80. We don't talk like that. I'm sure some people do. I do not speak like that. Yeah, so that's happening. December 3rd and 4th, I'll be at KIN for the holiday promenade doing mini readings in Des Moines, East Village. And again on Saturday uh, during uh, open hours for the shop. So if you can get in there, book a session. If I'm not already filled up, uh, you just, just holla. Kosha Spa is having me for resolution sessions at the end of the year. Shilpa got in touch with me and thought, hey, what a great opportunity for you to do some 45-minute astrology readings, to offer space for the transformation sessions, the transformer. Um, So I am very, very grateful. Shilpa's space at the Garver Garver building in Madison is, it's breathtaking. I've never been in a space like that. It felt so good kosha is you know values or vedic and self-care and there is so much beautiful happening in that space um i am so grateful for the saunas that i've gotten there and some of the treatments that i've received there um spent my birthday there with my bestie Shayna. what up to Shayna? um (laughs) so check out kosha spa k-o-s-a uh K O S A Spa.com. That's in Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm hoping to do some more traveling. Not that I'm like anti Milwaukee, but I think that I need to get out and spread my wings a little bit. I think the virtual universe has led me to recognize this. And uh, I, you know, I met myself with a big challenge today. I was contacted by a friend who had been contacted by a friend who'd been contacted by a business. Uh, looking to interview someone about Reiki, and I thought, cool. Like, I would, I would love to do that. And they sent me some questions, and I got to clarify for myself, like, what is my message? What is my vision? How do I wish to express myself to the world or describe Reiki and what it is and what it is not and how it's changing and all of the things that are going on with Reiki in the world. Um. So I, you know, did you know, did the interview today at two fifty nine p.m with uh someone who was like not interested in me at all. It was only 5 minutes. She just it was incredibly bland. Like not even vanilla. We're talking like plain yogurt bland. Like nothing happening there except it was like zero fat as well. So there was like like the texture even sucked. Um then I get a call 10 minutes later, right? And they're like, "We think you're amazing. And we totally want to book you for all these shows. And we want to put you on a billboard in Times Square." And we will have a celebrity host interview you, and we have this funding to support your, you know, fledgling business, and and you have to make a decision in 24 hours, and we only need the investment of fifty five hundred dollars for you to do, screech, right? So my heart is pounding. I am excited because this person sounds incredibly interested in me, and she sounds like she knows about Reiki. She's talking to me about her practitioner and her energy sessions. It was all women that I spoke to, and then I get online and find out that it is a scam, right? Thank goodness I called my dear friend Heather, and she helped me to clarify what was going on with all of that, you know, just because it's, it's incredibly manipulative what these companies do. And sure, they have legitimate shitty services. You know, maybe they do have these, like, you know, quote-unquote celebrity hosts that they pay to do Zoom interviews with and then send those to the clients for their promotional aspect and it looks like they legit have a billboard for like five seconds out of every minute in Times Square um, and some really bad graphics. So I am uh, I am grateful that I saw through that crap and although it was like an adrenaline rush and it was fun and exciting and then it was like, oh, fuck this, they lied to me, which does not feel good. Um <laughs> I did get to start thinking about, um, trying to imagine myself on a, on a larger scale, you know, connecting with a larger audience. And funny enough, I, I thought about you guys like right away, you know, I, I thought about my like hundred listeners that I have, my like trusted tiny little community, my audience, like. I mean, you are the elite. You get inside my brain. You're getting free information from me whenever I feel like doing this podcast, right? Like, no, I'm not consistent. Yes, you're going to get all the gold from my mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was thinking about all of you and, like, what it means to me to have a tight-knit community where I feel safe and supported and secure and safe enough to to, to to put my heart out there. Um, I, I have remarkably thin skin for an Aries. Um, I know as I move into a teaching role, I have to get a thicker skin or I'm screwed, right? I mean, I- empaths tend to be porous, generally speaking. And I've done so much work around empath, uh, empath boot camp. <laughs> I should have a path, I'm writing that one down. Who wants to take empath boot camp with me? Raise your hands, I can't see you. Literally, I can't see you. Um, Yeah, I, 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 I was trying to imagine like what it would feel like to have like hundreds or maybe like thousands or like maybe having my schedule booked out every week. You know, what would that feel like? Would it be awesome? Would I be terrified? Would I crumple into a ball and hide in my closet? I don't know, you know? Um, but getting out of town and doing some fun, you know, playing on Canva and doing some goofy memes and imagery for Instagram and for my website, making gift card pictures and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to make like drinks. Is that weird? Like if, if Tip the Canoe is listening, I would love to combine forces with you and make some really badass adaptogen cocoa or like the matcha of my dreams and have that available to everyone because adaptogens are badass or like, should I start a supplement line, right? Because I'm like such a supplement junkie <laughs> or, you know, what if I sold mugs, <laughs> something more simple. Uh what if I started teaching classes? You know, doing online stuff? Like selling you my workbook on chakras. How would you feel about that? You know? Uh we'll see what happens. You know, my my Mars return is coming up on December tenth. If you're born in eighty-four, around uh springtime, you're probably having a uh Mars return yourself. Um, just depends on what year, right? Cause Mars takes about two and a half years to get around, but I'm thinking, you know, selfishly Aries sun, uh, of myself and my generation. Sorry about that. But you can get in touch with me about your Mars return. Um, that's usually a great indicator for like big changes and where you're going to put your energy and what you're focusing on. And like, I'm ready for that people. Like I'm ready to, I'm ready to grow this business and be available to more people. And, uh, I appreciate you just tuning in, listening, growing, learning, doing the dirty work with me. Um, here's your solo session for this week. So I'm going to sign off, let you get out and look at the moon. And I hope that all of you are taking care of yourselves, staying warm. If you are in a Northern climate like myself, I hope that you have, um, a teddy bear, or puppy or person to cuddle with during these strange and changing times. And uh, until next time, I will uh, sign off. Stay inspired. You can find Lauren on Instagram at Lauren K. Hickman or schedule a personal reading. Please donate to support this work.